Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Retirement Toolbox. We have a little special treat today. Uh, this is Scott Searles, Skybox Asset Management. We're going to do an interview style today, so everybody might have to be a little patient with me as this is the first time I'm doing that. But we have a special guest with us today, Joseph L. Moda. He uh, is an estate planning and elder law attorney with a uh, office in Avon Lake, Ohio. And uh, he earned his B.A. from Ohio Northern University and his J.D. from Case Western Reserve University School of Law. Upon graduation from law school, Mr. Moda served as a law clerk to Judge Thomas D. Lambros of the United States District Court for the Northern Ohio District of Ohio. Mr. Moda has practiced in the areas of business and real estate law in addition to estate planning and elder law. Joe is a lifelong resident of the Cleveland area and currently resides in Avon Lake. He's affiliated with a lot of different professional organizations, the Estate Planning Trust and Probate Law Section of the Ohio State Bar Association, Estate Planning Probate and Trust Law Section of the Cleveland Metropolitan Bar Association, Estate Planning Council of Cleveland, National Association of Elder Law Attorneys, and the Elder Council. So, Joe, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Doing fine. Thanks for inviting me. You're 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 staying uh, you're staying you're sheltering in place and uh, I can see you're in the office there but uh, you know uh, you still you'll be able to, to get out and do some things. Yeah, yeah, our business has held up very steadily throughout throughout this whole situation. So people still need to get their documents done, uh, especially now with the virus situation. People are more concerned than ever about making sure they have their affairs in order. So we've been very busy. I bet. Well, I wanted to do this show because I always get a lot of questions about estate planning. And we, when we do our worry-free retirement blueprint for clients, one of the sections we, we go through is estate planning. Because one realization that everybody needs to understand is we are all eventually going to die. No matter what we try, we're eventually going to die. And if you own anything at all, you have an estate. So estate planning is certainly a real important aspect of, of making sure you've got your financial house in order. So that's why we cover it when we do our plans. But, you know, the thing that most people really don't know what's involved with estate planning and, and all of, of what's in, involved. But, you know, Joe and I, we've known each other and worked for, with each other for quite some time here. And, uh, you know, I always have a few attorney jokes for him. Joe, you've heard some good attorney jokes, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. I have one for you. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, what's a catastrophe? I don't know. Busload of attorneys goes off a cliff. What's a tragedy? Some of them that. lived. <laughs> I love it. See, an attorney with a sense of humor. I mean, how much better can we get here? So, Joe, as I said, you know, I guess we can kind of start with what is, you know, what's an accurate description of a simple estate plan? Okay. Well, when most people think about estate planning, they think about where their assets are going to go when they pass away. And of course, that's a very important part of it. But 
We also have to think about what's going to happen if you become incapacitated during your lifetime. Who's got the authority to manage your financial affairs? Who's going to make healthcare decisions for you? Because without the proper documentation in place, we're stuck going to probate court and having someone appointed as guardian of your person and estate. So when I deal with clients and we talk about estate planning, we're looking at a holistic plan here that's going to cover not only what happens upon their death, but also what happens if something unfortunate occurs during their lifetime. Yeah, well, that, that certainly is important. So you know, I've always you know, envisioned, and I know there, there's a lot of different things, but you watch TV and you see these attorneys and, and they, you know, they get everybody in this big room with this big table and this big, you know, oak chairs. And he sits there and he reads off a will saying that, you know, the rich multimillionaire uncle, you know, Will died and he's leaving, you know, his estate to here and here and here and you know, I, I guess, you know, what is a will? What is a purpose? And what do you do with it? Do you just go to the bank with the will and say, here, Uncle Will left me some cash. What, here, I want it. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of misconceptions about this. Uh, the scene you described in the Hollywood movies where the lawyers sit in the oak paneled room reading the will, that never happens. Okay. When, when a will is being administered, it's all done through the mail or email. So let's step back and think about this process. What a will does, it informs your beneficiaries how your assets are going to be distributed. Now, a will is not self-executing, meaning just because you have a will doesn't mean everyone's going to get what's specified in the document. A will has to be administered through the probate court. I've had a number of situations where people tell me, well, I'm executor in my mom or dad's will. And I went to the bank and they won't let me do anything. And that's correct, because even though you're designated as the executor in a will, you're not really formally legally the executor until the probate court appoints you. So you have no authority to do anything until the will is probated with the probate court and the court officially appoints you as executor. At that point, the bank will talk to you. Unfortunately, in most states, like my state of Ohio, there are a lot of hoops we have to jump through in order to get someone appointed as executor. When a will is probated, we have to notify all of the decedents next of kin, even if they aren't named as beneficiaries in the will. So if someone has five kids and maybe they only name three of them as beneficiaries, we still have to notify the two children who are not named as beneficiaries in the will, and they have the ability to raise problems if they wish to. Um, okay. Well, you know, that, that sounds so, well, that sounds like that opens up a lot of trouble for mm -hmm. everybody. You know, obviously, so I, I guess let's back up a little bit. You know, why, why is there a probate and what exactly is probate? Well, Probate is the process through which property that was owned in a decedent's name is legally transferred to the beneficiaries designated in the will. Because if you die owning property in your name, once you die, the law says dead people can no longer own assets. So those assets immediately become property of your estate. And the probate court oversees the transfer of those assets from the decedent's estate to the beneficiaries. Now, you know, as part of my job, 
is to help people avoid probate, to make their estates very simple to administer. In Ohio, where I practice, we have a lot of tools available to us so that we don't have to go to probate court. For real estate, we can do what's called a transfer on death affidavit, which is simply a document we file with the county recorder in which the property is located and says, upon my death, I want my real property to go to my son, my daughter, whomever. Bank accounts, brokerage accounts, we could put payable on death, transfer on death designation on those accounts. Then when someone dies by operation of law, those accounts automatically become the property of the beneficiary. We can even do transfer on death automobile titles in Ohio. So we have the ability to avoid probate in Ohio if you've done the proper planning. So probate though, so let's make sure we're on the same page here with everybody. So you, you pass away, you have a will. You mm -hmm. have to take that will to probate so that the executor can be assigned. And then basically the court, the will is basically instructions or recommendations for the court to follow from what I'm, I'm understanding here. And I imagine there's costs associated with all this stuff, too. I mean, does probate get a little pricey with all this stuff? Yeah, typically, you know, the expenses of probate are going to be four to five percent of the total estate. Wow. Because you have attorney fees and court costs, and hopefully there's not going to be any challenges to the estate that would require you to incur additional attorney fees. But yeah, typically four to five percent, and it's going to take at least six months, often longer, to settle an estate through probate. Wow. So it, it takes a long time. And then uh, I imagine, too, I've heard in probate then that there's creditors that can challenge that will, too, right? Well, what happens in every state has its own laws, but in Ohio, a creditor has six months from the date of the decedent's death to assert a claim against the estate. So let's say there's some outstanding hospital bills or something, or credit card bills. Those are the most frequently encountered. When someone passes away and the person named as executor in the will goes to probate court to probate the will and be appointed, the credit card companies have they employ companies to watch the probate records. And when they see someone passes away and an estate has been opened, they're going to send a letter to the estate saying, you know, Mr. Smith owed $5,000 on his credit card, pay us. And if that claim is properly presented, and again, in Ohio, that has to be done within six months of the decedent's date of death, then that becomes a debt of the estate and has to be paid. Wow. So so probate definitely sounds like it's something that, that you want to try to avoid if you possibly can. So I know you mentioned, you know, transfer on death is a way that you can avoid probate. But, mm -hmm. you know, I've heard about, you know, and I know a lot of my clients, we, we've utilized trusts. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, is that a more common way that, that, that people do estate planning and, and try to avoid probate? I, it depends on the situation. I draft a lot of trusts in my practice. Trusts are really important for folks who have significant amount of money and they know their kids are going to be inheriting a large uh, inheritance and they want to protect it from a divorcing spouse, from a creditor or what have you. So by placing the funds in the trust during lifetime, let's say the parents create the trust, they'll still have complete control over all the assets. But when they pass away, their children are going to receive the money in trust. 
meaning it's not titled in their name individually, it's titled in the name of who's ever going to serve as trustee of their trust. And the benefit of that is because it's not titled in the individual child's name, if they were to get divorced, their spouse would not have access to those funds. Or if they ran over someone and got sued, those funds in the trust would not be available to their creditors. Also, if people have, say, special needs children, we'll definitely use a trust so that money can be used to provide for that child, but it will not disqualify them from any government benefits they may be receiving, such as Medicaid. Okay, so basically, though, so what you're saying is that trust then, while you're alive, you create this trust and mm -hmm. you have while you're living you're the trustee of this trust so you right. have complete control over your money it's not like you buried it in the backyard and forgot where you put it so you, you you can have access to it you can have 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 control of your money but then when you pass away what you're saying is then you you name a successor trustee somebody that then that takes over for you because you're dead you can't do anything and but some of those assets can actually be protected from you know, divorces or lawsuits and things like that after you pass away for your children. That's correct. And the reason a trust will avoid probate is because remember, probate is the process by which title to property is transferred from the deceased person's name to the beneficiaries. Well, when we use a trust, there's no need to transfer title to the assets. Because although the trustee, the individual serving as trustee may change, legal title remains with who's ever serving in that office as trustee. So think about you know, the presidency of the United States, okay? It doesn't matter if the president is Barack Obama or Donald Trump, they are the commander in chief of the military, they execute all of the duties of the president. So trustee is like an office. Whoever occupies the office of trustee holds title to the property, is going to administer that property. So there's no need for probate because there's no need to change title to the property. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know what? Uh, like I mentioned before, you know, I know in my practice, you know, we create a worry-free retirement blueprint for our clients. And, and part of that is we look at estate planning. We, we do have, for anybody out there listening, if you want to text the word retire, R-E-T-I-R-E -E, to 440-294-8221, we'll rush you out one of our tax-free retirement toolkits. It gives you a lot of information uh, about taxes and retirement, it gives you some information about our firm. Joe, how, how do people get a hold of you if they're uh, you know interested in, in doing some estate planning? Right, you can check out my website, www.josephl.com. M-O-T-T-A.com. We have a lot of good information up there. Uh, you can give us a call, 440-930-2826. Those are the easiest ways to get a hold of us. All right, we're going to have all Joe's uh, contact information in the podcast description. So if you look below, wherever you're listening, uh, on, on iTunes, Stitcher, or if you're you're on the website, uh, all that information will be in the course description. Of course, we always uh, encourage everybody to to subscribe to the Retirement Toolbox podcast, and you can do that, like I said, on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. But you know, most people think estate planning is for older people. And definitely, you know, as we get older, it's very important to have the documents in place. But 
estate planning is very important for young people as well. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, when someone reaches the age of majority in Ohio, that's 18, okay, their parents no longer have legal authority over them. Mm -hmm. So if your son or daughter who turns 18 is in a horrible automobile accident and becomes incapacitated, Okay, you're going to have to go to probate court to be appointed their guardian in order to manage their affairs, to make healthcare decisions for them. So it's very important once your kids turn 18 or whatever the age of majority is in your state to have a good power of attorney in place for them, a healthcare power of attorney. This will eliminate the need to spend thousands of dollars to go to probate court to be appointed a guardian and to have to get the court's approval for anything you want to do on behalf of your child. And then, mm. you know, younger families, people who have children, you want to designate who's going to be responsible for your children if something were to happen to you. So estate planning is not just for people who have a lot of money. It's for anyone, because if something happens to you during your lifetime, someone has to have legal authority to manage your affairs. That makes sense, Joe. Like we said in the beginning of the show, too, everybody's eventually going to die, no matter how you don't know when it's going to happen That's and right. and you're going to own something mm -hmm. so you know, you have you have to plan on where that's going to go and when you have kids yeah you need to make sure you know that they're going to be taken care of when, when something happens to you so you know i get a lot of the times you know nursing homes are a big concern now right mm -hmm. so everybody you know especially when they get in their 50s and their 60s and they they start to get concerned uh, maybe they've had parents that were in a nursing home and it started you know they saw it firsthand and we all know how expensive it is does a normal trust that people do a revocable trust protect assets from a nursing home no and that's a big misconception out there because with a revocable trust, you still maintain complete control over all of your assets. So if something happened to you, you had a major stroke, had to go into a nursing home. Okay, if you tried to apply for Medicaid, Medicaid is going to say, well, you have complete control over all of these assets. We're not going to pay for your health care. And people have to understand Medicaid is a program designed for people who have very little money. For a single person, the asset limit to qualify for Medicaid is $2,000. Mm -hmm. For a married couple, the healthy spouse is allowed to keep half of the assets up to a maximum of $128,640. So that's not a lot of money. So it's very important to plan for this. Again, once people hit their mid-50s, 60s, it's time to start thinking about this and say, if I had to go into a nursing home, how am I going to preserve my assets for my family? And I know that's one of the things we do is we kind of look at, at, you know, you obviously work on the legal side of everything. And then we work on the financial side, looking at what their options are so that people can protect their assets for, from nursing homes. And, you know, whether it's using legal means to protect assets from a nursing home or using insurance or long-term care or things like that, I always encourage people, I say, you know what, you've worked your whole life to accumulate all your money. It's time to, to make sure that, that you can preserve that money to pass on to your kids because the last thing you want is to work your whole life and then, you know, you know, have that, that whole estate, you know, dwindle down. And so so doing that nursing home planning is mm -hmm. certainly a big part of estate planning and it works both on my side and, and it works on your side on, on the legal side. But, you know, I know another big thing is that people, can you explain a little bit about 
you know, what, what kind of taxes are there uh, at death? I mean, if you inherit money, you know, or your estate gets taxed, you know, how, do, how does all that work? Well, thankfully, we're in a very good environment right now for inheriting money because on the federal side, each individual has a lifetime exemption of over $11.5 million. So that means you can give away that amount of money either during your lifetime or at death without incurring any federal gift or estate tax. Now, each state has its own laws concerning their state inheritance and gift taxes. In Ohio, our estate tax was eliminated in 2013. So basically, you can inherit any amount of money without paying an estate or an inheritance tax in Ohio. Boy, and I tell you what, you know, the thing with all this types of planning is the rules and the laws are always changing. You know, we talk about taxes. So, you know, I mean, we know the federal government's going to need some money down the road. And if you listen to this podcast, you know, often, you know, I'm a big proponent of uh, trying to, to minimize our taxes in retirement. And, you know, I mean, so the state could easily bring back the death tax, bring back the estate tax, or the federal government could lower down those unified credit exemptions. It used to be, what, $650,000? yeah. So, I mean, and nowadays it wouldn't take people, it wouldn't be hard to pass that. A married couple, $1.2 million. Right. And remember, the $11.5 million exemption came about as a result of the most recent tax bill that was passed a couple years ago. Now that bill has a sunset provision. So in 2026, we're gonna go back to the old tax regime, which provided only a $5 million estate tax exemption per person. Now, most of us are gonna fall below that exemption amount so that we don't have to worry about it, but that's if Congress does nothing. You know, if we get a new regime elected to Congress and they want tax dollars, this is low hanging fruit for them. So they can very much lower the estate tax exemption. And the estate tax is a very onerous tax. You know, usually it's 40, 50% of the assets. So you can lose a great deal of money if you've accumulated a lot. And, and, I, and I, I know too that, you know, one thing I've always said, it's always easier to tax dead people than living ones. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Joe Biden said if he gets elected, he's going to roll back the, the Trump tax cut. So, mm-hmm. you know, it may be as early as 2022. We, we may not have to wait till you know, January 1st of 2026, you know, it may happen sooner. So good info, Joe. We certainly appreciate it. And I know, uh, you know, real quickly, I think the last thing I want to wrap up with is uh, if you could quickly just kind of go over, uh, you know, how important it is for our, our beneficiary designations. Because I know, you know, I have people come in my office that to hire me to do financial planning and, they have ex-spouses as beneficiaries on stuff. And I mean, that's important, right? Oh, it's extremely important. You know, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, probate is a very onerous process and we want to avoid it as much as possible. So with the proper beneficiary designations, you can make sure that your family gets your money very easily uh, in a very timely manner. So it's important to update these things. I have situations where Maybe you have an unmarried person and 20 years ago, they named their parents as the beneficiaries on their bank account. Well, mom or dad died 10 years ago and they never changed the beneficiary. 
So in that situation, we have to go through probate with that account because there is no beneficiary existing. So yeah, this is something people should look at on a yearly basis and say, are these the beneficiaries I want to receive my assets? And has anything changed? Maybe you know one person has become very successful and maybe you want to leave the money to someone else. So it's always worthwhile to be reviewing these things. Uh, it's extremely important with your retirement assets, your IRAs, your 401ks, because if you don't have a beneficiary designation on those accounts, they will go to your estate. And this is the one case where taxes do become very important because IRAs, 401ks, these are tax sheltered accounts. So when you contributed money to these accounts, you got a tax deduction. The accounts were able to earn money on a tax-free basis. But when you turn now 72, you have to start taking this money out. And that's when the government gets their tax. Now, if you pass away with a balance in your IRA, whoever inherits that IRA has to pay income tax on the funds they withdraw from the IRA account. Now, prior to this year, there was a technique known as the stretch, meaning the person who inherited the IRA could take required minimum distributions over their remaining life expectancy, which was much more tax efficient because you're pulling out a little bit every year rather than a lot all at once. Well, that was changed. Congress passed what was called the SECURE Act in December, and that now states that individuals who inherit an IRA have to pull it all out within 10 years. But that only applies to individuals. So if there is no beneficiary on your IRA account and it goes to your estate, well, the estate has to pull it out within five years. So it's much more tax burdensome. So very important to review those beneficiary designations. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joe, um, I certainly uh, appreciate you joining uh, us today on the Retirement Toolbox podcast. I'm getting all stumbling around here. But... Um, all right, Joe, one more time. Can you let everybody know how they can get a hold of you if they, they need some legal work done? Yeah, my website, www.josephlmota.com. And our phone number is 440-930-2826. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. It's time for the shelter-in-place movie TV review. All right, Joe, I want to try to get you in on a little thing we started here in the last few months here on the Retirement uh, Toolbox podcast, and that's the shelter-in-place movie review. So we're all shoved in our houses, and we're not able to you know, go out and do stuff for a while there. So everybody started watching things on TV. So do you have any recommendations for us that, that you saw on Netflix or whatever? Yeah, about a month or so ago, I watched an old classic. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly with Clint Eastwood, Eli Waller. Well, that's good. I haven't seen that in a while. Oh, it's the quintessential spaghetti western. Yeah, you know what? I, I I know my dad used to love watching this. You know, the, the old spaghetti westerns, and uh, I would uh, I'd watch it with them when I was younger too, because obviously they're they're older. But uh, yeah, I love those shows. That that's a good one. I like yeah. it. So, you know what, we we started watching this, uh, it's not on Netflix, it just, uh, well, actually, yeah, well, there's been a few things we've been watching lately, but we what we just watched the other night was an older movie that, uh, oh, shoot, I can't remember, Patriot's Day, 
about the Boston Marathon oh. bombing mm. with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And that's a fantastic movie. It's such a tragic story, and, and it's but the movie's so well done. If you guys haven't watched that, I encourage you to check it out. It's not only you know educational about what kind of went on with the bombing and uh but it's it's a really well written movie i saw another one i had heard a lot about this movie and it was on it's called a perfect world i think it was done in the 90s with clint eastwood and kevin costner sounds like you're a clint eastwood fan yeah yeah (laughs) but uh this movie is about this young boy who lives in a family without a father and he's actually kidnapped by Kevin Costner, who's an escaped prisoner who had his own issues with his father. And you see these two bond while they're running from the law, you know, across the state of Texas. And a very, very good movie. Can't recommend it highly enough. Well, great, Joe. We certainly appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. One more time, if you want to text the word retire to 440-294- 8221. We will rush you out. Actual physical box with a book and and CD and a bunch of stuff that uh, we have here on a tax-free retirement. And uh, it's free of charge that we send out to anybody that's listening to the podcast. Again, retire to 440-294-8221. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure today. Hopefully a lot of people learned a lot listening to the podcast. And uh, until next time, everybody, thanks for listening to the Retirement Toolbox podcast, and we'll see you soon. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.